Welcome to the Birding Life Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the birders that pursue them. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Shrobsky Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously, where to find amazing birds. Head on over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com, and be sure to sign up to our newsletter on the site so you do not miss out on any of the exciting things that are coming up. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And please take some time to rate and comment on it. So this is episode 18 of the Birding Life podcast. And today we are going to take a virtual birding trip to one of South Africa's best provinces for birding, Limpopo. Our guest today is a birder who may be younger than the other guests that have been featured. But don't let his age fool you. He is finding some amazing species in his province. We are going to chat all about birding around Limpopo, including all the special spots to find special birds. We are going to find out all about his interesting taste in music and we are also going to discover South Africa's best garage pie. I am pleased to welcome Daniel Engelbrecht. Okay, so Daniel, this has been a while in the making. We've chatted about getting you on the show for quite a bit of time. So it's good to finally have you on the Birding Life podcast. So we're going to chat a a whole lot about birds, especially about Limpopo birding. Um, But before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, firstly, Adam, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, it's, it's really a privilege to be here. So, yeah, no, I was born in Polokwane and I've been living in Polokwane for the past 18 years. Um, I'm now finishing my, hopefully finishing my final year at school. And, yeah, no, I mean, Polokwane is just one of those, one of those avifaunal hotspots in not only the Nampopo province, but the whole of South Africa. So, in general, just got an, an absolute passion for, for nature and birds. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting a bit about that. And then besides birding, do you have any other hobbies? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, many people don't know I'm an avid fisherman as well. I love my, my bass fishing. I'm also really, really love my sport, um, especially motorsport. It's been great to get Formula One up and running after a couple of months of complete absence. And then mountain biking. Also really enjoy my, my cycling on the weekends. And in general, just a, an, a naturalist, you know, um, love herping and wildlife and photography and all that type of stuff so yeah um which team do you support in formula one oh no i'm definitely a, a red bull supporter <laughs> i used to be a ferrari but they've had a, a terrible year so definitely a a red bull supporter as of late yeah i was a ferrari supporter when schumacher was there but they've gone down a little bit i still am a ferrari supporter but yeah ferrari isn't what it used to be so um any any and any other sports you into yeah well uh, in general i mean any sport uh I love my my cricket as well, especially IPL. Huge fan of IPL, and yeah, basically what whatever's on. I'm I'm one of those people that can watch any sport and get really into it at, at any time. <laughs> and what's your rugby team? I don't actually watch that much that much rugby. If I watch rugby, it'll be international, but local rugby. I must say, I'm not I'm not a big follower of of the local rugby. <laughs> That's cool. It's quite a safe answer to give. Okay. No, I was just about to say. <laughs> So you're doing a, if you're doing a birding trip and you've got to drive a long way, um, what type of music would be on your playlist? Absolutely no doubt. I'm a massive Latino music fan, so I love, uh, I love my Spanish music. 
So any, any, any playlist will have a lot of J Balvin, Bad Bunny, Daddy Yankee, all those classic Spanish singers. So yeah, it's something unusual, but I'm an absolute fan of, of my Spanish music. Yeah. So that would definitely be on my, my birding playlist. I love the fact in these podcasts, we learn things about people that nobody else knew. I mean, we learned about Trevor, the fact that he is an avid, he loves cars. And I don't, a lot of people don't think knew that. So it's cool to learn something about the guys we feature on the show that other people might not, not know. Which school are you in? Uh, no, no, I, absolutely. Um, I'm at, I'm at Kira Hevelcrane. So it's um, a, a private school just outside Polokwane. So yeah, that's, I've been going to school since, well, since the start, since grade one, all the way from grade one to now, to now matric. And then how do your mates um, find your passion for birding and nature? Is it something weird for them or do they, are they quite accepting? No, I think they, they certainly very accept, you know, um, many of them have also, you know, got a great interest in birds as a result of me. They won't wake up at the, at the crack of dawn to go birding with me, but there's definitely that, that, that interest. So no, I've been very fortunate. They're certainly accepting and they, they find it quite interesting as well. So, yeah. So let's go right back to the beginning of your journey. How did this birding passion start? Well, no, it's been, it's been a, it's certainly a long process. I mean, I've been birding literally since I can remember. Um, there's, there's photos of me where I could only just start to stand already with binoculars in the hand. Not sure how much birding I was doing back then, but um, and certainly it's, it's, been, it's been a long way back. I have my, my dad to thank for, for my passion for birding. And yeah, since then, it's just, it's just grown exponentially over the years and all, all the way to where I am now with still that absolute passion for birds. So you really alluded and spoke about your father. Your father, for those who don't know, is Professor Derek Engelbrecht, and he's one of South Africa's best-known ornithologists. So let's ask a question. How has it been growing up in the shadow of such a great person in the South African birding community? Because I can imagine there must be, maybe not your father, but there must be other people that almost think, well, if he's your father, there must be an expectation of the type of birder you should be. And how has it been growing up in the shadow of your father? Well, no, I think I've, I, so like I said, I have, I have my father too, to thank for my passion for birds. And I think I've, I've learned so much from him. So everything from behavior to his spots and just generally absorbed his, his knowledge for birds over the years. And I think, no, it's a great, it's a massive asset to have like someone of my father's caliber. And I mean, I go birding with him on obviously a very regular basis. So I've definitely got a, a lot to thank for that. And it certainly helped me, you know, improve my birding and become a, a better birder overall. And as a result, I've also met some amazing birders from across the world through my father. So no, I've definitely got a lot to thank for him and it certainly helped me. So a lot of people know your father as many things. I mean, I know he's involved in the new Roberts project and he's been involved in recording calls for the, 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 Roberts, uh, the Roberts app and that through the years. But as his son... Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about your father from, from your perspective? I mean, it's always interesting to learn about these people. I mean, often all I, all I know about your father is, you know, he's this almost um, this big name in the South African birding community. So who is your father? I mean, besides being that person, who is your father on a more personal level? Yeah, no, I always, always my dad and I always have a joke. I'm definitely more of the, the, the twitcher in the family and he described himself as a bird watcher. So whereas I'm happy to see birds, tick them, you know, build those lists, he's, he's the one to sit and absolutely watch those birds for hours on end. And he's collected some, I mean, he's obviously a, a, a researcher, so he spends great amount of time observing birds, watching birds, more so than just, you know, a, a general birder. 
and yeah no i think i think that's that's it's i mean it's a, it's a it's a pretty tough question but i would say that's something something quite quite different about about my father compared to to most birders and how would a day of birding look like with your father so if your father's taking you birding what would that day look like i mean obviously the two of you have very different approaches you more um you love birds but you you list more and not that it's a bad thing where your father's more this he, he spends time with the birds studying the birds how would a day of birding look like with your father yeah no it's just, i mean we complete polar opposite when it comes to birding um whereas i'll be happy to tick off that sabota lock and move on my dad would like to stop and get a, a recording of this boat to lock try to find its nest and you know it's that constant interest i mean it's it's, it's really interesting being with him when, when we go out birding but yeah, i mean there's definitely like you say very big differences between the way we the different ways that we bird so but no, I'd say a typical day involves me trying to, you know, build on the list and my dad is trying to get those sound recordings and find those nests. So no, it's certainly a very interesting experience. But I think in spite of what you say about you looking for the next tick on the list, you want to say that you also have an amazing knowledge of birds. I mean, I follow you on Instagram and a lot of the information that you're given around birds is really great. I mean, I also know that you're an editor of your your club's magazine and you have a you have an amazing knowledge of birds and like you've already said you're having your father as your father was obviously a big help but what are some of the practical things that you've done to grow yourself as a birder well i think the main thing that you can do to grow yourself as a birder is you know there's only so much you can learn in those field guides you have to get out and experience it for yourself so i think the main thing that i've done is especially over the last few years i've been getting out as much as possible literally every weekend doing some birding so i think the more you get out is is the more you the more you begin to discover about the birds the more you learn your calls and the more you develop as a birder so i think i'd certainly say practically get out in the field as much as possible that was what 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 worked more for me and then i mean coupling that with the knowledge that you get from your guides to help you you know balance things out but Definitely, I think getting out into the field is one of the biggest things you can do to to take your birding up to the next level. And it's certainly what helped me, you know, to develop as a birder. And then besides your father, which are some other birders or people in the natural, the naturalist type of world that you look up to? Well, I mean, there's obviously legends out there like David Attenborough, who I find an absolute inspiration. I mean, he's certainly one of the people that helped me keep that that intense knowledge and, well, that intense interest in in nature but i mean i've birded with some really interesting people such as professor para alstrom who's based in sweden and i mean these guys are absolute can i say legends of birding not only in their countries but internationally so they're certainly people that i that i i look up to and i think i've learned a lot from birding with them and the craziest thing you've done to find a bird to add another bird to your list wow no that's a it's a tough one there've been a bunch of crazy things but i think especially leaving early 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 mornings on many occasions to go look for buff spotted fluff tails and striped fluff tails and i mean in argentina uh, i was there recently i hiked in this humid forest it was about i'd say 45 degrees celsius and 90 percent humidity throughout the day trying to tick off you know the the, the hummingbirds the grosbacks all of those special south american rainforest species so i think it's possibly this those harsh conditions that are probably the you know the toughest i've ever had to work for some birds and then you've obviously spoken about the fact that you've birded with a lot of really well-known birders, but let's chat about the birding community as a whole. Um, how have you how have you found it being a young birder 
in the South African birding community? Well, first of all, I think the the young birding community in South Africa has grown massively over the last few years. I mean, if you asked me five years ago to name one other young bird, I would certainly have my hands full. But nowadays, it's it's really it's really grown. I think through Instagram and social media, we're certainly connecting more. And young birders are, I mean, we're adding new young birders every day. We've recently established a South African youth birders WhatsApp group. So, I mean, just through connecting, I think we are we are growing birding as young people so i think that's that's it's certainly improved over the years can i put it that way and then the youth african birding um whatsapp group what sort of age group do you aim you aim at with that whatsapp group you know we, we we're trying to keep it as open as possible to to get as, as as many people involved so currently anything from i'd say 10 to 25 years i'm not exactly sure but anything in that age group counts to us as as youth birders and yeah the main ambition is just to get these people to to connect with each other to share their sight hopefully learn something in the process. And how would a, a young birder connect with that if they listen to this and they'd like to be part of the group? How would they connect? Well, I mean, you can certainly, um, you can send me a message to Instagram or, 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 or WhatsApp. And yeah, all you have to do is ask and then we'll, we'll certainly add you onto the group. We want as many new you know, young birders on this group as possible. So yeah, I, I want to really, really tap your brain on something. Um, I'm part of a bird club and I'm really passionate about bird clubs. I really believe bird clubs are incredibly important. And I know that you're a part of a bird club. I already spoke about the fact earlier that you're not just part of a club, but you're actively involved in your club. You're an editor of your club's magazine. I've seen you go to the talks and that kind of thing when it's not COVID-19 season. But what I've noticed is in the South African birding community, and I don't know if this is a worldwide thing, but a lot of young birders are very independent. They might like form their own little cliques, but it's almost like they don't see bird clubs as something that's attractive. So I want to ask you the question, why do you feel that younger birders don't feel that clubs are relevant for them? And secondly, what changes do you feel that, that bird clubs need to make in order to attract younger birders? Well, I mean, first of all, I think one of the main things that has to happen is we need to get rid of this, this, this stereotype, can I say, when young people think of a club, they generally think of all these old people sitting around the table and talking about what they've seen in their in their gardens. But I think what what I mean that that has to be changed. So I think if we can get this out there and you know say to young birders, you know, this isn't how it really is. You can learn so much from a club. And I mean, I absolutely love my club. It's it's absolutely fantastic. You get to connect with other birders of various age groups and you get to learn a lot in the process. So I would say the main thing we can do is, you know, get more young birders involved through getting rid of these traditional stereotypes of what a club is. And I think get people out birding. Many young birders join these clubs and they don't really get to go out birding that much with the club. I mean, even our club, we only have about maybe five outings a year. So I think if we get more outings, these young birders will definitely be more interested in connecting with the clubs. Uh, yeah. But if we be real for a moment, a lot of the uh, clubs are predominantly made up of older members. And I can imagine for a younger birder who goes to a meeting and with no disrespect to those older birders, but everybody's got gray hair and they're a little bit older, it could possibly be a, be a little bit intimidating. So do you think there's practical steps that these clubs could do that maybe have predominantly older members to attract younger birders and to make that to make it a little, let, a little bit less awkward? Yeah, well, I think... It's important for, for, for young people to, to, to connect with older people as well. But no, I, I certainly think if these clubs can somehow advocate 
for getting more young members going to schools and visiting these places and they it's just getting those first few people those first few young birders in there then i, I don't think that there will there will be that issue i think if we can just start to get the wheels moving get these a few young birders involved in these clubs will make a massive difference to getting more into these clubs so yeah Identify and appreciate the birds of the Kruger National Park with BirdPro, the ultimate app and award-winning search tool for easy bird identification. It uses multiple search criteria like location, shape, size and colors. For each bird, BirdPro has state-of-the-art images, information, calls and maps. Add your own sightings with notes and photos backed up and synced across devices. Enjoy BirdPro anywhere in the field without data connectivity. Download BirdPro now. Okay, so I recently saw on your Instagram um, feed that you did a trip to Platyan Border Post. So I'm going to ask you to tell first tell us where that is. Um, but you went to this place with a very specific target list, which was made up, I think there was five very special birds. So tell us about this trip and also the birds that you managed to see. Yes, yeah, so I decided to go to Platyan um, which is the border post of Botswana. It's in the Western Limpopo River. And basically I set out to get five main target species. I, I'd seen these target species a few times before, but these are like my main favorite species of the Limpopo River Valley. So I decided if I could, you know, find these five species and share them with people on Instagram, it would just get that general interest going in, in the Limpopo province and hopefully get some more people to come visit these amazing places we have in Limpopo. So generally what I do is before I go to any place, I get those five target species down five or 10 target species, just so you have something to work with, something to, to work towards. And I generally get this through using Sabab too. So I look on the range maps and I see which species I would like to see. And then from there on, I work, I go and I look in the books, you know, where can I find this? What sort of habits do these birds like? And you know, that, that, that Patyan trip turned out absolutely amazing. I managed to get all five target species. So it was just, yeah, the, the ideal weekend. What were the five target species you had? Um, so the main targets were tropical bobo, which I expected to be quite easy, and it was. Pulse fishing owl, which I was really fortunate to get. I really did not expect to get one. White crowned lapwing, meave starling, and maize parrot. So four of them, relatively easy birds of that area. But um, pulse fishing owl, certainly a bit of a... A struggle to get but in the end on the last day we did manage to get one so what sort of accommodation and and that type of thing is at platyan border post you know what you know, where did you guys stay and you know that kind of thing so people are planning to do a trip up there the, the place we started was called bulamin river camp so it's right on the limpopo river and i think you know if you're burning the limpopo river you want to be right on the river especially for things like pulse fishing island white kind lapping i mean these species are really they they are restricted to the river. So I think certainly if you want to find these species, you want to be close to the river. I mean, white crowned lapwing can be found easier in other places in the country. But I mean, on the Limpopo River, it really helps to be close to the river. Even tropical bobo and meave starling and maize parrot, they're all restricted to the river. So you want to be as close to that river as possible. Then, I mean, that isn't the only area on the Limpopo River. Platjan turned out to be really great. We got all the target species, but there are many other reserves like Mapungupwe, um, and all of those reserves along the Limpopo River that you should be able to get the same target species. So on a side note, if you're doing a birding trip, what is one snack or meal that you cannot do without taking on a birding trip? Oh, I love my pies. 
I, I really can't resist a pie from my garage or, or any filling station. So I would say a pie would definitely be one of the ways that I start my morning. Certainly with every birding outing, there has to be a pie involved. I'll tell you a funny story. There's a place um, near Moy River in KwaZulu-Natal and it's called Windmills or Windmill. And we literally, the pies from that place, I've tasted, I've had pies from all over South Africa. There is no better pie than a windmill pie. And I mean, it's, it's, they're not cheap, but they are amazing. And we literally, we plan birding trips just so we can get those pies. And those pies are so good. I think the birds around that area, we've got plenty of times just because the pies are so good. I think, yeah, you try it and you think, oh, it's expensive. You buy the pie and you eat it like, oh, well, I need to buy another one of these pies. And we literally... So, yeah, I'm with you on the pies. Um, there's something special about garage pies, but if you're down in KZN and you've got to take you for a windmill pie, it'll change your life for sure. That sounds like my type of, of birding trip. We should start planning, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, Limpopo is on the northeastern side of South Africa. Just, Daniel, as far as I know, Kruger National Park is part of Limpopo. Am I correct? Paul, part of Kruger is in Limpopo. Okay. Yes, definitely. So I've got the Bird Finder book. I've mentioned it before on the show, and this is really one of those Southern African Bird Finder. It's a book that I really recommend if you're a bird in South Africa. It's a great book. It's helped me get a lot of birds. I know some of the locations are a little bit out of date, but let me tell you something. This has got me so many birds, and it's a great book. Um, but listen here. This is the top 10 birds that um, Limpopo has an offer, and these are special birds. Pals Fishing Isle, Short-Clawed Lark, African Finfoot, African Broadbill, Blue-spotted wood dove, black-fronted bushrock, thick-billed cuckoo, malted spine-tail, bat-hawk, pennant-winged nightjar. Let me tell you something. These birds are some of the most sought-after birds in South Africa or probably in Southern Africa. And I know for overseas people listening to this podcast, if you come to South Africa, these are 10 birds you've got to get. So Limpopo's birding is amazing. I haven't, besides Kruger, I haven't done much of Limpopo's birding and I can't wait to do a trip up there. So recently, uh, I saw on your Instagram that you recorded your 528th species for the Limpopo province and your 487th species within 100 kilometers of your home. I mean, that's insane birding. So as a birder, you know Limpopo pretty well. Um, so we're going to have a chat a little bit about birding around your province. So before we, we head out around the province, let's have a chat first about you, where you're based in Pulakwani. So tell us about the best local spots for birds and what birds one can expect to find in those places. First of all, I think Polokwane has an absolute unrivaled avian diversity, even, I mean, throughout the country. In a year, it's not that difficult to see over 450 species within 100 kilometers of Polokwane. And I think, I mean, right off the bat, the Polokwane Game Reserve is a pretty amazing spot. It's only about five kilometers from the actual city. And I mean, their shortcut lock is basically a guaranteed species. You you can't miss shortcut locks at the reserve. Um, then towards the west, you've got a place called Chibeng and Hodrifi Dam. And Hodrifi Dam has delivered some absolutely fantastic vagrants over the years. We've got American golden plovers, gray plover, which is extremely rare for the Popo province, pectoral sandpipers, collared patting calls. So it's certainly delivered its, its good amount of vagrants. So I definitely recommend visiting that, especially during the summer months. Then, I mean, towards that same area, Chibeng is an area where you can get 10 lark species relatively easily. So those are some of the best areas right around Polokwane. And then the good thing about Polokwane is it's really got close proximity to some other amazing destinations like Zanin, where you can get magpie mannequin, African skimmer, African finfoot. 
And in the Volkberg Mountains and the Woodbush Forests, we can get black-fronted bushrike really easily and tree puppets. So some really special birds right around Polokwane. And in terms of Polokwane's infrastructure, what type of, you know, I've, I don't know much about Polokwane um, in terms of the shops and that kind of thing. So if somebody's staying there, you know, what would what would one expect in terms of the actual town or, I don't know if it's a city, but I think it's, yeah, what would one expect? Um, no, it's certainly well kitted out. You won't struggle to find accommodation. There's plenty of access to malls. So um, it's a relatively large town. So um, certainly if you're planning to stay over for the weekend, you certainly won't have any struggle finding accommodation or anything. So I think it really is an underrated area and certainly, in my opinion, one of the best places in the whole country for a birding weekend. And what's the best place for a pie in Pulukwani? Oh, you'll have to go to Zanin for that. In Zanin, there's some incredible places where you can get some really good pies. And what's is always, I find it really funny. One of the main targets in Zanin is magpie mannequin. And the, the main pie, well, the, the, the guys who produce the pies there, their pies are called magpies. So I always find that, <laughs> always, always puts a smile on my face. So yeah, so besides Polokwani, um, Limpopo has got great birding. So um, let's explore the rest of the province and tell us what are some of your favorite spots and what are some of the special species that one could expect to find in those places. But before you answer that, how far is Kruger from Polokwani? Um, so Polokwani is about two and a half hours from Kruger. Now it depends which gate you're leaving from. From Palaboa Gate, I would say about two, two and a half hours. Um, from Hoodsprate, maybe three hours. And from the north, Puna Maria, probably also about three hours. So it's a good place to stay, even in terms of Kruger. I mean, it's a good place to to do a stop over if you're doing a Kruger trip, stop there for a couple of days and get a whole lot of species and then head up to Kruger. It's a nice, uh, nice little trip breaker with some really great birding. No, yeah, no, absolutely. I would recommend, I mean, even in two days, during the summer months, you're looking at about 300, maybe over 300 species in only one weekend. So I would definitely highly recommend a stopover in Polokwane if you're going on your way to Kruger or anywhere in, in one of those private game reserves in the Lowfeld. Let's chat about the rest of the province. So we asked the question, what, what kind of species and what are some of the best spots around um, Limpopo? So, like I said, Polokwane is probably the mecca of birding in, Polo and in the Limpopo province. Um, it's got great species richness, but if you're looking for special species, um, I'd say the Eastern Sotpansburg is certainly a place you want to visit. Just right off the bat, pink-throated turn spot and green turn spot are relatively easy in that area. Uh, brown neck parrots, broadbill, eastern nicotaur, white bag night heron, African finfoot. Those are all species that you can get relatively easily in that area. Then I would certainly recommend a stop over in the northern Kruger National Park. I mean, that's where most of those target species you read are relatively easy to find. Pennant wing nightjar, Arno's chat, ragged tailed roller, Dickinson's kestrel, three banded courser. So the northern Kruger National Park, especially uh, the Levubu area and Punda Maria Rest Camp, that's an ideal base um, to explore that area. Then I would say going over to the west of the province, uh, the Waterberg and Nails Flay is always super. Uh, relatively easy to get African pygmy goose. If you're looking for the national bird, blue crane, it should be relatively easy in the Waterberg. And then just the sheer variety of water birds at Nails Flay in the summer is insane. So those are some of the main spots I can outline for you in the Limpopo province. And have you tried Pafuri River Camp? Yes, I have. No, it's an, also an incredible area. Um, also very good, especially at Puffery River Camp for black-throated wattleye, um, which in KZN is a relatively common species, but up here in Limpopo, it's super rare. So, yeah. So, 
let's let's ask you let's make it practical so somebody decides they're going to do a limpopo trip they're listening to us they've got a weekend to go so they're going to get there on friday afternoon and then leave sunday afternoon what would be your session how would you put it together so let's say they use polo Kwani as a base what would you suggest where they can maximize the weekend to get as many species as they can so over to you for one weekend you got one weekend to get as many species as you can what is also what is the best time of the year to come to get those species uh, so I would definitely recommend a trip in November or December. That's the best time of the year for many of the migratory species. And in general, the birds are more, you know, more um, responsive. So definitely the best time of the year would be November and December. So I would say immediately we start right off Friday afternoon. We'll do all the specials in the Polokwane area. So we're looking at about 100, 120 species right on the first day. Then Saturday morning would be the Woodbush Forest. We will try to get black-fronted bushrike and all of those Afro-Montane forest specials, followed by an afternoon in the low felt where we'll try for African skimmer, bathawk, African finfoot, green-capped deramola, and magpie mannequin. So that would be two days, and you're already looking at about 250, 270 species. Um, then on the last day, you can sort of go up north to the eastern Sotansburg and... Then again, you're looking at white black night heron, brown neck parrot, um, twin spots, both green and pink throated. So, I mean, in one weekend, you're looking easily 300 species um, during during the summer months. And what's really great is Limpopo has actually got a, a website, um, limpopobirding.com, which is really a great um, website. Um, maps there, checklists on there. There's a picture of Daniel on the front page, new record for Limpopo. So it's a really cool page and I think they Limpopo really has done a great job in terms of the birding routes and that kind of thing. So yeah, maybe head over to this website and uh, are there any um, of the bird life community guides in the Limpopo area? Yes, certainly. I think there's, 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 there's quite a few of the community guides, David, David Letswalo and Samsung Muladzi, they immediately jumped to mind, both of them. Fantastic guides. Um, if you go into the forests in Limpopo, David is, is, is your man. He can find you absolutely anything. And then Samsung specializes in that Eastern Sotpansburg region. So those are two of the community guides that I can highly recommend. They're absolutely fantastic. So yeah, let me ask you a question. This has um, really been great just taking that virtual trip through Limpopo and uh, this, I uh, really can't wait to do a trip up to there. So let's ask you the question. You um, finishing finishing off your school and that kind of thing if everything works out with the COVID story this year what are your plans for the future what are you hoping to 10 years from now where would you like to be what do you like to be doing so what are your plans for the future I don't plan that far ahead but I, I, I certainly think that guiding working as an international guide specifically will be one of one of the main goals in the beginning I think just getting out there, I mean, I love doing the international birding. So I think birding in other countries and getting to know the people in those countries whilst birding, I think it's it's the absolute dream for me. So hopefully after school, I can get my, my Fugasa qualification sorted out and get a job in some guiding company somewhere. That would be, that would, that would, that would be the absolute dream. And a couple of quick questions. What's your favorite bird? Oh, always a tough one. Um, a bunch of species jump to mind, but... I always like to think Ritz is how much like sticks out for me as one of my absolute favorites. Um, I don't know. There's just something about them. They live in those social groups and I mean, an absolutely stunning bird. So I'd say Ritz is how much like is probably quite high up. Biggest bogey bird? 
I'm ashamed to admit this, but um, I've not seen a buff spotted fluff tail yet. Um, I've tried so many times to see a buff spotted fluff tail, and they just they've they, they've managed to elude me time after time. So this summer, that's going to be my main goal to get that bogey bird ticked off. So yeah, buff spotted fluff tail certainly, certainly the bogey bird. Well, what's your favorite movie? Mm, my favorite movie. I love the Big Year. How can I not? I think the Big Year certainly is my favorite movie. It's one of those ones that. I don't know. It, it it just never gets old. I've probably watched it a couple hundred times, but I really can't. It just never gets old for me. <laughs> and the last question, um, I don't know if you're a pers- if you're a reader at all, but if you are, what would be your favorite book? Yeah, no, I, I certainly enjoy my reading. I think Bill Bryson is probably my, my favorite author. He's a travel writer, and I really like his sense of humor. So uh, Bill Bryson, definitely my favorite author by far. Oh, Daniel, it's been awesome chatting to you on the show. I really, really appreciate you giving up your time. I know um, there's a whole lot of things in your plate, but I really appreciate you giving up your time. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope it's not going to be the last time you're gonna, we're going to chat on the show. No, absolutely not. Thank you so much, Adam. I really I really enjoyed it. It was super fun talking about birding in the paper and everything in general. So, yeah, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. So if you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link either in the comments section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. We will have a blog later this week with lots more information on Limpopo birding. So be sure to head over to www thebirdinglife.com and subscribe so that you do not miss out do not forget to follow the birding life on instagram and facebook we really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts and like always we are really proud to be associated with two great brands firstly head over to bird Lasser and download the app on either ios or android and keep a life list while playing your part in social conservation as well as Ropsy Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. So until next time, from the Birding Life team, be blessed and happy birding.